Hello and welcome to episode 10 of this, the unscripted, unedited fitness podcast. I'm joined by the owner of the world's best independent gym 2020, Craig Johnson. There were no award ceremonies, so we just won by default. Well, you know, we are last year's champions, so, or sorry, the year before champions, so it only makes sense that it defaults to us. Actual progression, <laughs> Glasgow, the world. Yeah, that's how it goes. Glasgow, world. World stage. Immediate world domination. So how are you, mate? <laughs> I'm, I'm okay, yeah. Uh, we live workout this morning on our online community. It was good fun. So coming down after that uh, and just chilling. Got a bit of, bit of admin to do. All the exciting behind-the-scenes stuff that you lovely people don't get to see. Probably probably clean a toilet later as well, just just to really seal the deal for the day. What a glamorous life. <laughs> it's rock and roll. <laughs> it's rock and roll. Uh, what about you? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, I had a wee dose of the sniffles this week. Oh, the sniffle waffles? I've been outside. been in the Aww. cold. And, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, you know? It's actually getting a wee bit warmer, I have to say. Last, last week feels like, because we've got that little burst of hope that lockdown's kind of coming to an end at some point soon, plus the weather's getting a bit nicer, so it is, has been quite nice. Um, and I'm gonna, probably going to miss training outside. Yeah, yeah. I'll Maybe miss some aspects. Uh, I'll miss some aspects of lockdown, but uh, I'll definitely... The, <laughs> the coins are outweighed by the positives, so... For sure. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, the topic of today is fitness myths. And this is Nice. Myths. Mythological beasts of the fitness world. Um, th- this is the topic. And we, we've been putting out some questions on our social media over the last couple of days, asking people to submit what are their top fitness myths that they used to believe. And... You know, this is probably like, I'm joking, it's like 50% of why we've got a job. <laughs> Helping <laughs> people unlearn, yeah, yeah. unlearn these, uh, these myths. So we're gonna, we've got a wee list of some questions that we've had in. And um, we're going to pull some out, talk about them, see where we go with them. Uh, for those that are listening, comment below. What are your top fitness myths? Maybe we can get to them in an upcoming video. And if you want to get involved in like future topics, we usually put out questions primarily on Instagram and stories. So you can, it's not like a sales pitch, it's just so we can try and help you on this. Uh, we can get us at train underscore MBS on Insta uh, and we'll just post some stories asking you questions and you can get an idea of what topics we're going to cover. So you can do that as well. If you'd like to. Only if you'd like to, though. If you don't, it's fine. Do you know what I mean? Don't worry about it. I'll not hold that against you for the no rest balls. of your life. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Why don't we start? So, CJ, I'm going to ask you, what is, is, there a, is there a fitness myth that you used to believe that you no, no, longer, no longer do? Well, I, I was a, a beginner at one stage, Jonathan, as, oh. uh, as mostly everyone is when they start something new. So, um, there was there was loads, absolutely loads uh, that I used to look at and be like, yeah, 
that that makes sense. That makes sense because I think most of the myths are born out of like a a kind of desire to aid people and help people. But sometimes once they start becoming like fake law, if you know what I mean, like this is a mandatory thing that you need yeah. to do for fitness. That's when they start becoming like a bit, you know, not great. Not great because they become restrictive. They become like a myth, a like myth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it becomes that thing that you know. Oh, you can't do that because of X, Y, Z. And right. you kind of like no. Um, the one, the one that I see the most uh, from probably speaking to people. The more that I've interacted with people on social media is the "Don't eat after six p.m." Definitely, and there is the, the the logic behind it is there. You know, we're we're sort of winding down for the day uh, in the evening, so we're moving less. Probably, you know, the majority of us are moving less. It's when we sit down and watch a Corey and our EastEnders and stuff. Uh, so the idea is that because you're using less energy, um, you consume no or less calories. So that the the logic's there. However, I'm going to let you in the secret. Oh. It's, it's absolute nonsense. <laughs> absolute <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> so it's one of it's one of my biggest pet thieves. Uh, pet pet thieves. Pet peeves. Uh, where like Who's you restrict pets? yourself that that thing, and it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me, right? So I, I've been asked this a lot by clients, a lot by people on, on the internet and stuff. Like, should I eat after six pm? And I try and give them a, an, an example that. Uh, really like makes makes sense to me something that they can relate to and uh, i do this in two ways so the, the the first way right is i'm going to ask you a question johnny right it takes about two hours and 15 minutes to fly to berlin right about that sometimes yeah. an hour 45 if you're lucky right yeah uh, so let's say you board a plane at 3 p.m and you haven't eaten and you think oh, i won't eat in the plane i'll get something when i land right mm -hmm. but you've got this rule I'm not going to eat after six. So you land, you look at your watch, it's 5.15, you've got plenty of time, you get your luggage, you go to the Burger King queue, and then you realise from the <laughs> clock behind the counter, it's half past six in Germany, because they're an hour ahead. Yep. Do you eat or don't you eat? It's a tricky one. <laughs> no, I don't, because I've got my rules to follow. And my coach, <laughs> said, my coach said if I eat after six, that's it. I'm yeah, right. So let's say you're going to be on business for a year in Berlin, at what point do you change from your clock to their <laughs> clock? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's, it, it does not make sense to me. Um, if, that, if that doesn't work, I usually say, okay, let's say you get paid £2,500 every single day, but you, wanna, you try to buy a house. You want to save uh, £500 a day. And you're going to get paid every single day. There's not going to be anything that's going to interrupt your pay. So you, as soon as you get paid, you put away £500. Now, does it really matter if you spend that £2,000 at 9 a.m.? Mm. Maybe, maybe if you spend it all, you might find that you want to buy something later on in the day. But really, it doesn't matter if you spend it at 11 p.m. on Amazon or 9 a.m. at Tesco. All right, you've still got that same amount of money. And that's the key. It's not about when you eat. And especially at the beginner level, 
it's not so much about what you eat, although that is a bit touchy, but I mean, genuinely at the beginner level, yeah. uh, for someone that's just starting a weight loss journey, it doesn't really count so much as you get used to a calorie deficit and things, then we can start looking at things. There's, there's levels and there's steps to this, but it's much more about how much of what you're eating yeah. and how much of the energy balance imbalance that you're creating. You're putting more energy out than you're intaking. So that for me is the most annoying thing because I've had clients say I was starving, but it was after six. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we'll eat. <laughs> like, oh, but, but I can't. <laughs> like, well, you can I think the amazing thing about like that that one in particular, not eating carbs after six or not eating after six, I remember that from you know when I was a kid. That was something mm-hmm. people believed. And with quite a lot of these, when I was doing a wee bit of like pre-research and brushing up, you realize that there's been studies that have been done, you know, maybe in the like 1980s, 1990s that have disproven, disproven many of this, these, these, these beliefs. Yeah. Um, but yet they still exist. 30 years down the line, they're, they're still there. People yeah. still ask me that, that one all the time. That's one that comes yeah. up. And, because, and the reason it comes up is because people still talk about it. They're still writing about it. They're still, uh, I mean, you know, PTs, you know, this, many of them will still push this sort of stuff out there. So it's, yeah. it's, it is, it's almost like accept, once something's been accepted by society, you know, it's like a myth. Yeah. Um, it's, like, it's like superstition almost. Yeah, well, I, I saw I saw a video the other day of a person encouraging people not to eat after six pm because it, it builds discipline. Um, and the, the, I asked to say, like, if that person was face to face, when I hear someone say this, and, and I just ask them the same thing: What if I'm hungry after six pm? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, that's where the discipline comes in. And you're like, yeah, but I've still got like five hundred calories that I can consume. Do mm-hmm. I eat or do I not eat? Like, the answer is, if you're hungry and you've got the calories to do it and it fits in with your goals and eat <laughs> like yeah, there's sure. no need to make this tougher than it is i think you said that you, you you hit the nail on the head because you said that it's to a beginner or to someone who's quite new in their their fitness journey it's just not going to make that big of a difference like that especially if your goal was to lose fat if you're in a calorie deficit that's the main thing yeah you you eat, when you eat the calories during the day you know if your goal is to eat 2,000 calories a day or 1,800 calories a day, if they all come in, ideally they wouldn't come in in one meal. But if, 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 that, if you eat 1,800 calories a day at 7 o'clock at night you're, and you're, you're burning more than that on most days, you're still going to lose weight. You're yeah. still going to lose weight. It's, just, it's maybe not the most comfortable, but it's just it, the fundamental stuff matters. And then as you get more and more advanced, um, maybe it plays more of a role. It's a bit more nuanced. It's more things yeah. to think about. Um, one thing I was going to say, actually, just because the way that I've... Uh, one of my clients actually asked that question, and it was about carbs. And I just wanted to throw something out there that's maybe a wee bit... It's just to get people just to get people to think about this in a different way. After Christmas dinner, how, how do you feel? Tired, right? Sleepy. Uh, big, massive plate of lasagna. Same idea. You feel tired. Yeah. Um, carbohydrate intake helps us get to sleep it helps manage and blunt cortisol which is our main stress hormone so if you have carbohydrates late at night, this is what I do tend to do most days I focus most of my carb intake probably after 3 o'clock in the day either after a trainer or later at night 
because it actually sets the body up really nicely for sleep. Mm. In the morning, you want cortisol to be high because it's what wakes you up. So, you know, and, and especially, and this is, I'm just throwing this out there for anyone who has anxiety, high protein, high fat earlier in the day can actually help you manage that anxiety because it's going to help regulate cortisol and other hormones like melatonin and serotonin that balance our awake and asleep rhythms. So if you're having, anyway, so just, I'm, I'm just making it more complicated than it maybe needs to be, but just to throw out there that actually carbs at night, not a bad thing, because for most of us having carbohydrates later in the evening, as long as it still fits your calories, you could still be losing weight, but it might actually help you sleep better. And, it's, and sometimes if you're in a diet and if you're, you're in a calorie deficit, um, you might be feeling hungry more often than not. So you don't really want to feel hungry going to bed. So mm. you kind of want that satiation. So having a nice, like a bigger meal in the evening, for me, that helps me a lot. I like to save my kind of calories for late at night, have a big meal and then get a good sleep and yeah, keep it. Yeah. Anyway, that's just personal preference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it does boil down to, you know, if you, if you take the money, it's, it's when you're going to spend the cash. <laughs> so, I mean, like that, that's it. If you go into your overdraft, you start again the next day, but it doesn't really matter in a 24 hour period when you consume it. There is times at the top level, and this is the mistake that more often than not, especially me as a beginner, I know I definitely made, where you look at the top level of fitness, which is your Instagram, your influencers, your bodybuilders, your famous people, famous trainers, and you think they're doing that, I need to do that. Yeah. And there is a time and a place for like meal timing and things, but that is at the top end. At the moment, like for anyone that's thinking about starting a journey and looking at that myth, you literally just need to figure out your calories, <laughs> stay within that, and eat 24-hour period. Eat when you like. To an extent, eat what you like. But there, that comes into play pretty quickly uh, in regards to how you want to lose the weight, how you want to feel after it, and just generally feeling all round. Like eat mcdonald's for your 2000 calories yeah. you're going to have a bad time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i think is i think i mean we've said this before and, and although um weight loss is is challenging but the mechanics are quite simple mm -hmm. you know, the whole energy but it's like an oversimplification so people are looking a lot of people are looking to make that easier and they want an answer you know, they want like the kind of the, the searching for something that's going to work for them. And when you see someone that, that appears to be in great shape all the time, there's something about like a lot of people will just take what they say and not do any additional research or kind of applying. Maybe I'm just, maybe they're in a totally different uh, living environment, you know, different, different responsibilities, different person. Maybe they've been training for 20 years. Maybe like you say, they're advanced. Um, a lot of times we just want we just want to make things simple and we're looking for answers unfortunately there's a lot of misinformation out there and i think that's what i get a lot from clients when i when i start with working with someone new a lot of times are coming in with all of these ideas that they've picked up from a course that they've done online maybe a trainer they had before um watching people on youtube they've got all this stuff that it's conflicting information and oftentimes I'll, i don't know if you're this if you find this as well but people will ask you things like that, like eating after six. And um, it's, it's very common. It's very common for these myths to actually be believed still today. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's okay. It's, it, it's because 
it makes sense. People that are people that are pushing them out are on the surface pretty, you know, like a big platform and appear appear trustworthy, but often it's just it's come from one study or sometimes it's like Chinese whispers. No one knows where it began. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah, it's, it's nuts. Like uh, I remember about a year ago, I tried to trace that back, and the furthest I got from it was uh, someone in like the. 70s i think alassie i can't remember her name she wrote a book and it was like eat breakfast like a king oh yeah lunch like a lunch like a prince lunch like a prince and and dinner like a pauper and it kind of that actually comes from some i think that comes from a japanese um like saying or like a a, a, i don't know you know that's some that's i think that's it goes back way further than that way further think so um that's that's as far as i got from this because i went through a phase where like i remember like after a spin class or something when we used to work at gyms i would go like if anyone's getting any questions i'm happy to help you out and people would go like you know should i should i have a tiny dinner i'm like do you do you want a tiny dinner (laughs) i don't know should you have a tiny dinner (laughs) like yeah i've no idea um and then it kind of i thought this is getting really annoying because i'm getting asked like this 6 p.m thing and this and that (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna look into this and then i kind of that's as far as i got with it like this is uh if it goes back further which it probably does but this was kind of popularized through this this kind of idea of stack your calories in the morning and then eat like rabbit and that kind of evolved to you shouldn't be eating after 6 p.m and it was kind of like okay that makes sense <laughs> okay thanks but anyway that's that's my most pet peeved one anyway so what's what's yours what would you say yours is i i would say um something yeah so probably the biggest one that i get asked and i get a few responses on on instagram about this yesterday is the spot fat reduction that's my second that's number um, two <laughs> that's that yeah it is a it's a it's a beast it's a it's a beast it's a beast that a lot of people um believe and i still see videos i did a quick youtube search for best exercise i just put in best exercises to lose fat around stomach and of course you know boom like 1.4 million videos <laughs> of you know the five five top exercises to eliminate body fat. The one mistake that's um, that means the, the one mistake that means you're not going to lose weight around your midsection. Uh, the three yeah, top oblique movements. Um, was it just that. was it just the same video over and over again saying you need to be in a calorie deficit? Number two, <laughs> you need to be in a calorie deficit. Number three. <laughs> so yeah, spot spot yeah spot fat reduction. Um, so ju- to make it simple, the, th- the theory here is that if you target exercises to a particular area of your body, it's going to result in weight loss specifically on that area. So doing yeah. crunches will make you burn belly fat. Exactly. Good. Do, yeah. yeah. If you want, you want a, a sort of a slim midsection, train your abs. Yeah. And I think I believe that I definitely, when I first started training and I had no idea what I was doing and I was wearing a, a bin bag, I cut <laughs> holes in a, I was 14 and I, I used to cut holes, used to steal a bin bag out of the kitchen while my mum wasn't looking, cut holes in it, wear it underneath my t-shirt and um, just sweat, you know, and, and do like crunches and sit-ups and abs and trying to burn my belly. Um, yeah. 
So I had no idea what I was doing. And I think, so, so it's first, firstly, I used to believe it. And it's going to be a nuanced answer. It's going to, it's, I'm going to go into this in depth. The short, okay. the short, <laughs> oh great. The short answer is that lipolysis or spot fat reduction, right, is a thing. So it is, a, it is a thing. However, it's so ineffective that I would never advise it to a client. I would never get a client who wanted to, for example, reduce body fat around their midsection to train their core. I would ask them to do to be in a calorie deficit, to follow a, a good resistance training program three or four times a week and to do some cardio and then to focus on things like their sleep and hydration and all of the usual stuff that we talk about all the time, managing their stress. That's going to play, that's going to have a massive role in their overall levels of body fat. And the analogy that I've used before is the swimming pool analogy. Mm -hmm. You've got a pool and I'm standing there and I'm saying, I want, to, I want to take some water out of this pool, but I just want it out the, the left-hand corner. And you've got like a, a bucket and you're trying to empty out the left-hand corner. Now, obviously, water is then just going to spread across. It doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so let's just... But it's still a big thing. And it's definitely a, a myth that is still populated. It's still out there. And a lot of people are asking about it. So I'm going to share a couple of um, studies um, so this one, a study done in 1983, Catch et al. Investigated if a sit-up sit exercise regime helped target your belly fat. It didn't. The sit-up exercise protocol did not influence fat cell size or fat layer thickness, thickness in the abdominal region than on the backs and butts of the participants. That was 38 years ago. And we still believe this. Um, a similar study in 2011, same finding, abdominal exercise program did not achieve greater abdominal fat loss than a non-exercising control group consuming the same amount of calories in the diet. Uh, boom. You know, but can, you, can you see, like, can you see the, the logic of someone's thinking behind this? Because I, I don't blame a single person for believing one of these myths. And I, I want to get that across. Like, you're not daft if you think this. There is, there is logic behind it. It's the same with the 6 p.m. one. You're moving less. You consume less. Sure. It makes sense. And it kind of, you know, when you work your bicep out, you feel a burn in your bicep, that kind of saying of burning fat. Uh, so can you see the logic behind why someone would believe that? Uh, that's, uh, yeah, it's a good question. You play tennis, right? Mm -hmm. Tennis players. Very well, play. mate, I add. <laughs> <laughs> so... Tennis players, normally you look at professional tennis players, they've got one arm that's more muscular than the other. Uh -huh. Not necessarily leaner. I'm so just putting that one out there first of all, but why, why I think that people believe it, yes. So, and I'm going to read a wee bit from this because I, I wanted to get to this. So theoretically, there's a good reason to believe that spot reduction might occur. Because you know that when someone's in a calorie deficit and just, if I go too in depth here, just pull me back out. Okay. I'm using, I'm lipo, I know lipolysis sounds like a really sciencey word if you haven't heard of it before, but lipolysis is just the breakdown of fats. It's the breakdown of fats and lipids within the bloodstream. In order to get fats, in order to get lipids into the bloodstream, into circulation, you've got to be in a calorie deficit. But the, where your body, where in your body fats, fat stores are taken from is down to a multitude of factors down to lots of things 
genetics play a role. But one thing that's definitely true, um, and we, anyone who's listening knows that when at points in their life where you've lost weight, there'll be somewhere in your body you'll lose it from first. And it's normally not the area that you kind of want. You know, everyone would love it if their problem area, mine is my lower abdominal area. Like that's the area that if I could choose where I lost fat from, I'd lose it from there. Because the leanest I've been is 7%-ish when I did my sort of bodybuilding phase. And I still had fat around my low midsection. I was, CG, I was peeled, man. I had veins everywhere, shoulders, cap, deltoids, chest, back, legs, but still had low belly fat at 7% body fat. So The fun balcony. Eh? Hey, the fun balcony. <laughs> the balcony that overlooks the fun pit. I've got exactly. a fun balcony as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say, I'd say, you know, most, most men, that's, that is the, the, the typical area for men. It's based on it's, it's genetics and hormones. That's why we tend to store fat in that area. Um, not, not, not everyone, but most guys, um, women tend to be around the hips and legs, but that's, there are many reasons for that. Um, at that point, that's kind of the point where I knew when, first of all, I knew where it took me to get that lean was not something I wanted to sustain. And I also kind of, it sunk in for me that, that even at that level, I actually I definitely had an unhealthy relationship with the way that my body looked. We mentioned before about where we're most happy. And actually we said something like, I can't remember, like 18, 20% body fat. That's mm. probably about right. 7% is, is really restrictive, really, you know, um, almost consuming of your life to get to that point and still having that layer of body fat around that area. And I was hitting that area hard. I was doing full, I was doing everything, but I was still targeting that area. So I think I can understand the reason why people um, would like to believe that this works or would be, um, or would believe that it works because most of us have got an area of the body in our, in our bodies that we're quite self-conscious of. We're quite like, that we don't like, um, we tend to focus, uh, we put too much focus, I think, on this problem area for ourselves. It's a bit of like almost dysmorphia. And sometimes mm -hmm. what we see as like the, this ugly part of ourselves is actually just, to anyone else that's looking, is just part of a body. And we've spoken a wee bit about like, anyway, I don't want to go too in depth on like body shaming and everything else, but we've all got those areas. Mm -hmm. um, how about, now, Arnold Schwarzenegger, if you look at him in his prime, he, he, was, he did not have a ripped six-pack. He definitely didn't have an eight-pack. He had what most people would describe as a, as a four-pack. So if you, look, if you Google him up, have a look. And the reason, and he was lean. I mean, he was massive and jacked and lean. But genetically, he didn't have the muscle attachments that would produce a six-pack. Not all of us do. Mm -hmm. I don't. So we're kind of, we're quite unique in the way that our bodies respond to exercise. Um, but when you see someone who has a, who has an absolute eight pack, again, it's like you tend to take their advice, mm -hmm. especially if you're not, I don't want to say not educated, but if you're not, not, if you're not clued up, I guess, yeah. If it's not well, if you, job, beginner's mistakes, isn't it? You, yeah, be, beginner's yeah, mistakes. You, you, see, you see the aesthetic. You think, that's what I want. So you're more than likely to take their advice because they're in that shape. Yes. Yeah. 
And ju just anecdotally, I don't know, mate, if you, do you, you'll know guys that have mad six packs, right? Eight packs. Yeah. But the guys that I know that are, I mean, some of them, they work their, they work their asses off, but they've, they've always had them. Yeah. You know, anyway, I, my, my Listen, point is, I've is never, that, I've never met a more insecure, uh, like insecure, unhappy <laughs> bunch of people than I have ever met in my entire life. From uh, when, when, like you know, back in the day, where I used to be, like my my old jobs and stuff. Uh, loads of people were shredded fit. I've never seen more insecure and unhappy people in my life. <laughs> like, yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah I think I, I no, I, I agree. Um, and, but I, and I think that's what that the thing that I realised from getting quite lean was, well, more than one thing. But that I, that I don't want to do this forever. I wouldn't be happy sustaining this. Um, I, I don't feel, I didn't feel healthy. My energy levels were crap. I felt good, be, I felt better about myself with clothes off, but terrible with clothes on because I mm. just shrunk. <laughs> I like to be a big daddy. <laughs> um, I don't want to be, uh, you know, don't want to be really tiny. So um, anyway, but we're, we're going a wee bit off track, but, but back to why in terms of spot reduction is real but the effect is, is marginal, if at all noticeable. And for the average person out there, especially most of our listeners and most of our um, clients, at the level that we're at, the level I'm at, it's just not worth considering. And I think that most people would notice a, a, a far greater effect on their body fat levels as a whole by focusing on resistance training that targets all of their major muscle groups. You know, train the body as a whole. Because again, with that, that swing, swing pool analogy, you're going to, by reducing your calorie intake or by doing activities that are going to positively help that calorie balance, you're going to lose weight. You're going to lose body fat. One last caveat, right? And then I'm going to wrap <laughs> up on this one. <laughs> when you do lose, like CJ, when you lose weight, is there an area that you lose it from first? Like what's your kind of order of... Anywhere that's well vasculated, man. So arms, legs, face, always goes from there first. Uh, and then, you know, takes forever to go off my ass, my belly, Aye. my terres. <laughs> 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 so, uh, but yeah, like, see if I can see veins, it yeah. goes quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's it. Um, uh, I just remember when I was younger and, and doing diets and trying to lose weight and my mum you know, would always be like, oh, you're, you need to stop. You know, like, she would get dead worried because my face would go dead gaunt. Yeah. I'd always a slim, no matter how big I got, I would have been like 16, 17 stone, like in 14 years old, and my face was still like lean. <laughs> so you're going, yeah, exactly. So we get two types of fat, subcutaneous and visceral. Visceral is the fat that we store around our organs. Subcutaneous is between the surface of the skin and the muscle. When you buy a steak, the cut of steak that you pick and, and the, the, amount of the amount of fat that's in the steak is normally, depending on the area that has the most muscle tissue, so a, a more muscly area of the animal, the leaner the steak. If you've got, like, so for arms, 
neck, face, back possibly, depends on the person, legs. That's where you generally will lose body fat from first. Over time, if you continue in your calorie deficit, you'll start to lose body fat from other areas. For most of my clients, and don't know if it's the same for you, they normally have a kind of a, uh, an area that they want to lose fat from. And I think that's okay. But where we normally get to after a year or so is, is finding a balance between how much they're willing to do um, work in terms of their diet, what's realistic for them in terms of training, and then finding a healthy balance where they can be comfortable with their body, feel good about their body, and, and, and yet make progress, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not beat themselves up too much about something that's perfectly normal and perfectly human, um, but just at this upper end when you've got physique models and people whose livelihoods yeah. and six-figure salaries depend on being shredded and peeled, that's not a, re a realistic representation for most people. Yeah. Um, so we don't have to look like that to be happy and you don't have to look like that to be healthy. And definitely by doing, you know, and, and following people who are saying, you know, you've got to do these particular set of exercises in order to lose fat off your midsection. It's just snake oil. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of it's one I know really, it's it's one of the reasons why I bang home consistency so much because I will say to we're we're so involved in the visual aspect of weight loss I will at times sort of break it down to my clients that yes you you are not seeing uh, the the results immediately but there's so much happening at a smaller level inside your body it is astronomical like when when you're not seeing the the immediate results like let's say you know how you can go a week and the scales don't move but it's trying to explain being consistent in that time there's so much happening behind the scenes the stuff that's not talked about in the videos with the guys with abs and things that, that is happening to you right now and it's part of that process yeah. and consistency is key and it's just doing it over the long term the likelihood is I thought I was going to get shredded when I got into fitness but the truth is I, you know you find a happy medium you're comfortable and I think as you get older as well because it, it concerns me with like you know I, I don't know if you're the same but I've had like 21 year old girls come in for training and say you know I want to look like a Victoria's Secrets model. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, just quit your job. Hire me for six days of the week. Hire a chef, a nutritionist. Oh, I can't do that. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, well, you know, let's reset those expectations. <laughs> but you, I think with age as well, you, you definitely become more comfortable uh, in your skin. And you, you kind of realize that, I mean, I've been lean. You've been lean. For me personally, it ain't, it ain't a happy time. Like, it ain't a happy time in my life. I didn't enjoy much about it. Yeah. I mean, it was great. Like you say, I, I looked banging, <laughs> but did not feel banging. So I can understand, like you say, that everyone's got problem areas, and I do understand why. I mean, even to an extent, I would love it to be true. Like, I've got a little, a little fun balcony, you know, a little balcony overlooking the a fun balcony. Fun balcony is my new favourite way of describing it's a fun balcony. Well, you got you got the fun pit below it. It's the fun balcony. <laughs> you just look over <laughs> into the fun pit. Um, 
but yeah, like I, I would love to be able to do, you know, legs lower and you know, bicycle crunches and target that area of my abs. I would love it to be true, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, um, sometimes like good things just aren't real, and yeah. this is one of them. This yeah. is one of them. Definitely a pet peeve. So those are our two, Johnny. We've just but we there you go. So if you were looking for the 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 answer or the sexy the sexy solution, then I'm sorry to have bust your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> Felix, yeah. like a joy kill. Do you want to tune in to the two most unsexiest men? <laughs> <laughs> well, you've came to the right place. Crushing dreams established 2016. Yeah. Crushing dreams since 2016. Yeah. I thought it was going to be so easy. Those are, those are our two. But we, we put out on our Instagram, we wanted to know what your... Uh, like kind of fitness myths that you were aware of um, and thought to be true or once had thought to be true. And we've got a good few responses uh, on both sides. So one of them was uh, Gordon from Impact Fitness. Basically, if you want to hear the same message that we give out but hate us, go to Impact Fitness. <laughs> it's, very, it's very on our line. Uh, great guy, good guy. He was talking about uh, the anabolic window, which is kind of uh, a bit further along in a weight loss journey. But for anyone that's, that's not too familiar with that terminology, basically, uh, if I'd done a workout, there would be a short space of time that I could fuel my body to ensure that that goes towards, say, building muscle. So if i done bench press, I would need a you know, within an hour after the workout, I would need to eat chicken to make sure that that grew in muscle. No other context. Forget calorie surplus, calorie deficits, protein intake over the day. Uh, this was a kind of big thing that was still, it still gets talked about, but it was definitely more prominent a couple of years ago. Um, and that for me is a big, like, I don't even know where that came from. Probably men's health. <clears throat> ah, that's classic. Or, you know, it, 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 yeah, it's been around for a long time that um, you should eat. Uh, but, you know, and I, I think a lot of people, they, just, they, they, they probably think after a training session, you have to eat protein within two or three hours. And again, if you asked most people where they heard that from, they wouldn't be able to tell you. It would just be, it's just yeah. so, it's just such a belief, a cultural, yeah. you know, a cultural belief, and then the marketing helps that as well because um, protein com- supplement companies a lot of times they'll market their products. You know, cons- it will say in the description, you know, consume one to two scoops within ninety minutes of ending your training session. So yeah, and it's one of those things again where it's come from. It's come from some logic. It's it because it, 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 there is a win. There is a window, but or. I mean, the anabolic, instead of thinking of it as the anabolic window, it's more like the anabolic hospital doors, right? They're kind of going, well, that all day long. What hospitals do you go to? Any hospital I've ever been to, the doors are like, they just keep moving, right? So, if you do a training session, you do a resistance training session, you do a hit session, whatever it is. You do heighten muscle protein synthesis. Put, in, put it simply, 
you make it easier for your body to get nutrients into cells. Your body has an easier time. It's, it's, it's easier and more efficient to get nutrients into cells. That can last anywhere from 24 to 48 hours. It's most acute within the first 90 minutes. So it's one of those ones where it's got some, um, it's, it makes some sense, it's not completely false, but there have been hundreds of studies, and I looked into this one as well to refresh myself on it, and they've had people consuming protein within 30 minutes, like their whole daily amount within 30 minutes of a training session, versus having it like split throughout the rest of the day. And it makes no difference. So it still comes down to if you're consuming enough protein in general, you'll be fine. If you're not consuming enough protein, that's a bigger issue. So when you get it in, it doesn't matter. It's just yeah. irrelevant. Don't worry about having a protein shake after your training session if, you know, 90% of the time you don't eat enough protein anyway. Just what's the point? Yeah. I think if you're, again, if, so for our level, um, it's just an irrelevant one. If you're quite advanced, let's say you've been hitting the gym regularly, consistently, consistently for years, you always hit your protein intake. Then maybe it'd be, it'd be like 5% more efficient to have it after you train. Maybe, but that's it. So it's just yeah. like one of those ones that I get, I get it where it comes from. It's got a wee bit of scientific backing, but yeah. it's such a small marginal effect that for the average person, I just don't... I'm more interested in what you said, CJ. That's the, the key thing is the consistency. So if it's easier for that person, great. That, this is what I was saying at the start, though. I think they are genuinely loosely based. Like, I mean, we, we had a, a quick text conversation about, uh, I remember mentioning to you, like, uh, caffeine and fat burners. Like, you know, those kinds of things. Like, there is science behind that. Yep. It's just taken and blowing up like so you get fat burners now that are packed full of of caffeine because it's it's a fat burner yeah and the science behind that does show that caffeine has a positive effect on burning you know like burning fat yes. however the actual size of that effect is about the same as doing an extra 90 seconds of of a workout and that's where i think you know, it's loosely based around science, but if we told the absolute truth, mm. it would be this podcast. It would not be sexy. It wouldn't be in this nice shiny label with this beautiful package thing that we could buy. You know, it's just, yes. it's one of those. It's one of those. So that actually, that brings us on to quite nicely one of the other questions that we had in, which was from Adam. And Adam's question was, well, it was, it was more his fitness myth. Mm -hmm. YouTube fitness accounts that share videos where it's basically how to get X, you know, like how to get jacked arms, how yeah. to ripped abs, one mistake you're making that's killing your gains. That yeah. Does my nothing. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Uh, Actually, I'm probably the worst for this because I click on those videos because it's total clickbait, right? But I can't resist. Um, and see, when I see the amount of like 13, 14,000 people liking it and you're just head in hands the whole time, like listening to it, um, it's, it's the same 
it's what we say, look, the, the cold, stark reality of a weight loss journey, and this is going to sound morbid as fuck, right? But it's, it's not always fun, okay? There are times you don't want to do it. There are times where you will completely mess it up. Uh, and it's how you deal with those times that, that really do make the difference. And that's why consistency is key. You'll hear us talk about it all the time. But if you, if you can mess it up and get up the next day and put it behind you, learn from it and go again, if you can turn up and give me everything you've got on a day that you don't want to do, you're going to get to it. The problem is with these things, these like five things or one things to do is it's that it's that answer that everyone's looking for that doesn't exist. Mm. If that makes sense. It's that like if someone said to me, would you like to change something about your body? You know, we've mentioned the fun balcony already. I would love to, to get rid of the fun balcony a wee bit. Click on a video, three ways to burn body fat super efficiently. I'm just making, I'm coining this a term now. This is the, this is now the fun balcony. Um, <laughs> but but I'd, I'd love that to be true. I'd love that to be true. And I understand why people click on it because it, it's, it's a target area. It's what people would want to, to lose. It's what I definitely would want to lose if I had a choice. Um, but it's just, it's just a lie. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't know how many times I've, I've clicked on those. One time, one time, I think I've told you about a channel called Shredded Sports Science before. I've actually, yeah, I'm on it. He put a video up saying three ways to lose belly fat. And I thought, oh my God, he's sold out. This is the worst thing ever. I clicked on it and the first words out of his mouth was, now I've got your attention. Here's the science. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he went through it and done such an amazing job of, you know, detailing how it's not possible and kind of the, the ways you touched upon, um, he goes in scientific, but in such, you know, just like you've done in such a way that's quite easily understandable, digestible, all those things. Um, I'm not a fan, Jonathan, in, in case you haven't picked up. It's not quite Gymshark anger, but... We should have the CJ scale of anger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's up there. Uh, like, is he raging? I think he might be Gymshark raging. <laughs> Just a 50-yard <laughs> circle around me. Like, don't go near him. He's Gymshark raging. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, so uh, you, you mentioned that it's like the packaged, the packaged kind of solution to a problem, mm. which is a genuine problem and pe- maybe a concern that people have got. And um, I was going to say that to me, when, maybe it's because we've done a wee bit of work on marketing and just lear- learning, still learning all the time about branding, that it feels a bit, it feels disingenuous to me. It feels like a, like a lot of these accounts have got a, a total lack of integrity because they're taking these, we're talking about all these uh, myths that have some basis in fact and reality somewhere. But they're so out of context for the individual that it's just it is. It's, and and the thing is that people who are in great shape know that they know that they know that the reason they got there, like you mentioned, whether they've got a nutritionist and a PT every day of the week, or they've just been consistent with their training and their diet for a decade or more, or they were just they won the genetic lottery and then put in the hard work as well. So they know that the reason why they're shredded. It's because of that. It's not because they don't eat carbs after six or because they did these 
three exercises that everyone must do for their obliques right now. Yeah. Um, or you know, stop doing this one thing. It's it ties into the same thing that I'm annoyed about. I know we're both annoyed about is that that's that sort of soundbite, Instagram soundbite answer to a, a more complicated problem. And sometimes it's nice to get condensed information. That, that makes a lot of sense, right? It's, it's good to get stuff that's quite digestible because this is quite wordy, but it is complicated. And a better way to do it, or for me, a, more, a, a, a way you can still market like that, but you can do it with integrity. So how I would do it is I would have a video and the title of the video would be, here's how I lost my fun balcony. And then a video talking about how I lost my fun balcony. And, and that's, but it's not me. I'm not, I'm not imposing shame on anybody else. I'm not saying yeah. this is the one way. This is the only way. I'm just saying this is how I did it. This is how I did it. It's what worked for me. Yeah. Um, how I grew my arms from 16 inches to 20 inches. Um, you know, how I got, how I saw veins in my deltoids for the first time ever. I, that's, that's ridiculous. But you know what I mean? But yeah. Again, it's coming from me. How did, how did I do this? Or how I took a client from uh, 300 pounds to 185, you know, in two years. What were yeah. the lifestyle changes that we brought in? Uh, what, what was his family like? Was he busy? Did he have kids? Um, how, did we, how did we make it work? So I think there's a better way of doing it. Uh, I, I think the, the, the part of the issue is that you're competing. Like when I did my search last night of YouTube just to get an idea of what's out there, you're competing against people who are, who are willing to do things that you're not willing to do and that you're having to market against them for, for um, people's attention. Yeah. This, this brings, I don't know how many times I've said this, that's only allowed to happen because people are choosing to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that there's a, someone on the, the planet just now that's marketing that way that knows that, that doesn't know that that's not right. Okay, like I could guarantee you right now that we could do a video. You could do one, how to grow your arms in 10 days. And I could do one, how to blitz belly fat. And I would just do standard core exercises and you would just do standard bicep work. And that would get a ton of attention, right? A ton of attention. But that's where the integrity point comes in. These, everyone's doing this same thing because it's what other people are doing. And eventually what's going to happen is the arse is going to fall out of it. It's just going to be realized. But the problem is we could do it right now. We could just call bullshit. We could just say, you know, this is not correct. Like one exercise you should be doing. No, I shouldn't. This whole one, one way of doing things is not, is not going to help anyone. Mm. And I know that's something that we're, we're going to come on to, that kind of religious sort of uh, Dogma, like uh, aye, that religious way. This is this is what you must do. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's only allowed to happen because people are allowing it to happen. If tomorrow we woke up and said, as a collective in the fitness industry, we're not going to allow this to happen anymore, it wouldn't. All yeah. these people who are, you know, the snake oil salesmen, they would disappear, or they would have to adapt, and it would get shown through about their actual level of knowledge and integrity, whether they could stay the course, giving out mm -hmm. the correct information that's going to actually benefit someone and not help their algorithm on Instagram. 
Boom. Knowledge bomb dropped. Some yep. of that. And I'm, I'm the dumb one. <laughs> I'm pretty face. <laughs> the real brains of the operation. That, that was I'm a the wild card. That was a melter. Wild card. No, that, that was that was that was genius, mate. And I, I think I was going to say that if there's any, I don't think there's. It's probably not that many personal trainers or coaches that listen to this, um, but I think there's a few. And I was going to, I was going to say that there's a lot that I don't know, um, and there's a lot of things that I've learned over the last like 10 or so years. But one thing that I do know and I, I, one thing I believe is that you, but focusing on be, having integrity and focusing on the long term is always going to work out best for you in the long run. You might not make the most money. You might not, you might not be a one-hit wonder on Instagram or on TikTok. That might not happen but you will always have your head held high and you will have the respect of the people that, that you've met along the way, the life that you impact in, in big ways and in small ways. Don't sell your soul. It's not worth it. And I've seen many people go down that road of the, like, the instant gratification. They want to blow up and they want to blow up now. They don't care what it takes to get there. And then they're stuck because the people that follow them and that made them that we're only buying into that that they use that short term fix. Um, yeah. So yeah, focus in the long term and having integrity and and like again, like like we said, you can you could market in a different way. You could speak about problems and issues and and still make it punchy, make it fun, but just make it about you. Just make it about like this is what works for me. And then little little um, reminder. You're not me. Yeah. So what, what I did and what works for my body is not going to work for my clients because I'm a different animal, a different, you know, and so are you and so are they. So some people are going to grow muscle really fast and that's genetics. Hmm. That's hor 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 hormonal. Yeah. Um, I don't have a six pack, uh, but I do have quite big legs. So I could put out a, a how to build your legs guide, you know, and people have asked me that many times, put out a quad guide or some, something like that. You're not gonna, it's not gonna work for you. <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have my quads, but, if, but you could do your, I don't know, you could do your arms. Your arms blow up as soon as you, as soon as you start training them. So the, the point I'm trying to make is that what works for you is not gonna work for someone else. What works for me is not gonna work for my clients. I'm a different person to them. I'm different to you. We're all a little bit different. And we can kind of take the general stuff. Again, we're just going to keep saying it over and over again, but the consistency of the diet, training, lifestyle, sleep, managing all that is going to give you the best result for your body. Um, but it's very independent to the individual. So, yes, I hate those videos as well. <laughs> that's, that's the summary. I hate that's those. I hate them too. Yeah. They, they annoy me. They annoy me. Um, right. Honest. I would, like, I would like to move into a little more of a quick fire style. Jonathan, I am going to rattle off some uh, topics or myths, some fitness myths uh, for you. 
and I would like you to give me just a sentence answer, which is difficult, but I'm sure this is something we'll revisit in the future. Okay? Watch it. So, you ready? I'm ready. Weight training means that a female's going to get bulky. No. <laughs> no. Uh, muscle is converted into fat if not used. Fat and muscle are two totally separate types of tissue. You're only going to store one or build the other if your diet and training is set up in a way for that to happen. You should only exercise on an empty stomach. Oh. <laughs> why? Just why? Um, I don't, I, that one's so stupid, I don't even know. Right, um, in a sentence... There's just no reason to believe that. There's... Can you think of a good way to summarize that one? I'm just, I'm struggling with that. No. Just don't do it. No. Uh, don't <laughs> exercise for less than an hour. Why not? What happens at an hour and, you know, or 59 minutes of training? It's just a waste of time. One hour and one here. minute. Let me check here. I says you die. You, you just, that's it, you expire. Yeah, that's quite serious. <laughs> Um, uh, you should only run barefoot. Um, our ancestors ran barefoot because they hadn't developed shoes. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I can now tell the time by looking at my watch, not by looking at the sun. That's a real technological advancement. I think sometimes we just need to look at progress as progress. Don't wear big, thick-soled shoes if your feet are all jacked up. If you can wear some barefoot shoes and be barefoot around the house, I'd, I'd recommend it, but... Um, yeah, my God, wear shoes when you're out and about. You might step in glass. <laughs> Sweet. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so is there any of those in particular that you would like to expand on, Jonathan? Um, maybe go back, actually, yeah. If we go back to the, the training on an empty stomach, because I, I didn't really give a, a decent answer on that one. Um, maybe requires just a wee bit more explanation. That's another... I guess it's another myth that training on an empty stomach or training in the morning means that you burn more fat. So that's, that's partially true. And but again, because of the higher levels of cortisol in the morning, you will burn more fat, but you will also burn more muscle. So it's a kind of double-edged sword. So that's why I couldn't just give it like a sentence. It's a wee bit more. It's not required. If it, if it works for you, if it fits your schedule, great, do it. Um, and again, it comes down to more what you're doing the rest of the day, what your overall nutrition is going to be like. That's it. Um, I've got a few for you. Let me have it. Do you want them? I'm just going to start, I'm going to start throwing them at you. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> um, or maybe I've I mean, a lot of these are the same, right? Right. We're kind of stretching. Let me get a good one. In general, in general no. just stretching. Right, myth. Uh, myth or fact, you start losing muscle mass. I'm going to lose muscle mass after just a short period of inactivity. Myth. Okay. Uh, lean muscle is different than bulk. Wait, what? Lean muscle is different from bulk. M muscle is muscle. 
Okay. Like you can you can have water and and things, but I mean muscle, you know, muscle. You know, I I get when people often are inquiring about PT, they say I want to put on a bit of. I just want to get you know lean. I don't want to get muscly. I just want to get. I want to put on some lean muscle, but not bulk. That's why I'm asking that. Like that is there a difference between bulk and lean muscle? Muscles, muscle. <laughs> I want to get toned I want to kind of get toned I don't want to be too big I just want to be toned well hold on hold on right I I know this isn't a sentence right but but toning is just an absence of fat underneath the skin to present the muscle right so if you if you're wanting to get lean then all you're looking at doing is fat loss Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if you're wanting to to bulk and it's, I guess, like a muscular bulk. If you want to bulk, just eat Domino's for the rest of your life. You'll do a great job. <laughs> but if you if you want to get more muscular, then you're going to have to tear the fibers of your muscle. You're going to have to fuel uh, your body, and you will grow your muscle. <laughs> I know I'm not explaining this very well. But... Oh yeah, no. And and I, I remember you hitting this before. Is that when someone says to you when you start off, they're like. I want to get big. I don't want to get too big. I definitely don't want to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And you go like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I've been doing this for seven years. You think I'm going to, you're just going to wake up tomorrow like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Boom. Oh no. It's not happening. I don't want my legs to get too big. Um, Yeah, it's not going to happen, right? Um, I think that's it. I'll go one more. And um, so muscle soreness is essential for muscle growth. So this is the no pain, no gain. What do you think uh, of that one? Absolutely not. Yeah, it gives a wee... It's, a, it's just an archaic form of, of thinking um, because... So, look, like... If I... It, like, I'll, I'll use a bicep curl, right? If I, if I do a bicep curl and I don't feel pain or strain or whatever the, the next day, um, it doesn't mean that I have not stepped closer towards my goals all right um if anything if i if i do it probably means that i've used my ego a bit too much i've maybe lifted a bit more than the the load of the muscle can actually uh, actually take which again depending on where you are in the journey mm-hmm. comes into play like if i am going to compete alongside someone like cali muscle i probably want to go hell for leather if I want to look good and feel good, mm-hmm. then I want to do as much as I can without it impacting hugely on my life. So there's there's no there's no reason for you to be in pain. I hate all those sayings, man. Like sweat's just fat leaving the body. Like so, you you have to go a ten k run rather than a ten k walk because you sweat more. Like it it just doesn't make sense to what, me. What I was going to say. What what about during your training? Because that's like that's I, I totally agree with you. That's the after, like the muscle soreness. But what about while you're training? Do you think that? Do you think that training should be uncomfortable? How has to be uncomfortable? Is that, is that a myth or is that? I mean, so give give me a give me a specific example. Are you wanting are you wanting to grow muscle tissue? Then you're going to have to go through Aye. a bit of discomfort. Depends. Not right? not pain. Not pain. But you don't necessarily have to be like, you know, doubled over in bits or like feeling like your muscles going to explode out your 
your thing. This this is it's the same things that we've been talking about. It always goes to the extreme example. Yeah. If I go a run and set a pace of six and a half minutes a kilometer, I'm still breathing heavy and I'm still going to struggle over time. Mm-hmm. But it's not as much as I would struggle if I'd done five and a half minutes a kilometer. Yeah. I would do it in a quicker time, but I would still cover the same distance. Mm-hmm. Recovery wise, I would recover better from the the longer time on the yeah. run. Yeah. There's there's so many things to it. If you want to go hell for leather and absolutely bust yourself and potentially increase your risk of injury, yeah. to, to increase your risk of uh, you know, <laughs> uh, failing to recover. Go for it. Did you, did you <laughs> I would to, avoid against it, but go for it. <laughs> did you used to like would you say over have you learned that over time? Um yeah. you've had to like sort of learn your limitations or hundred percent. I used to, well you know yourself I used to train till till failure. Like I used to I used to pitch six exercises and sometimes I would be there for like ninety minutes until I physically had That's nothing right. left. Oh, I remember those circuits, those crazy yeah. ones and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just no matter um, what happened, you were finishing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I, I would be crawling to other exercises. Yeah. And that it's just it's just an experience thing. Like, you know, it's not it's not as good. This is the the marketing thing and the integrity. It's not as good a story to say, you know, I done a five k run in forty minutes, yeah. uh, but feel absolutely amazing today because I done it yesterday. Than it is to say, I done a five k walk in sixteen minutes and can't walk up the stairs today, uh, or a five k run. Sorry. So, I, I, it's perception. I was going to say it, to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going for. People who are listening to to the podcast, you probably fall into. It's not going to be black or white, like one or two categories, but I think that um, we've said this before that people can can learn can learn to apply themselves to various different things. Like when they were in uni, for example, they were putting in a ton of work into whatever it was they were doing, tons of focus, tons of discipline, tons of work, but maybe find it difficult to apply that to different areas of their life. Um. For me personally, because of the environment that I grew up in was so chaotic and and I was so just like, I was mentally overwhelmed for most of my life that training was my outlet for all of the stuff that I didn't know how to process. So whenever something came up that was completely overwhelming, I would train. And it was never to like a, you know, it was not, it was always to the extreme. It was always to the extreme of, because it was emotional it was like my emotional outlet and i know there's some people that are like that they're all or nothing people um what started to happen same as yourself is that in the last three four five years the injuries have just been racking up like steadily and slowly but surely early 20s i got away with so much stuff because you do you get away with making mistakes and and going hell for leather and not warming up and not cooling down and not stretching. You can kind of get away with that. As time goes on, that doesn't, that doesn't last forever. Um, and you end, up, you end up stacking up injuries. So I think that there's, there's some, when I said that there's two different types of people, I think there's some people who, who probably need to learn that not everything has to be done at 100% in order to get the benefit from it. Because that's what I definitely believed for mm. a long time. I believed that, 
if I'm not given everything every session, it's a waste of time. And that's not true. On the flip side to that, I've got some clients. I know some people who have such a, they, they don't, they haven't yet realized their potential. They're, they're, they're not, they're not, they're not fully giving everything they've got to their training out of a, out of a, a sort of a fear of a, a belief that they're just not fit. And I think there's probably like a balance in the middle where not every session has to, has to be 100%. So it's not no pain, no gain. It's maybe more like more pain, more gain up to, up to a point. And then it just becomes self-destructive. You can maybe pick and choose your sessions where you're going to do some hill sprints. That's going to, be, that's going to suck. Mm. But maybe the next day you're going to do a bit of yoga, go for a walk. And not, not everything has to be done health or leather. So I just think it's, it's one of those ones, again, like everything we've been talking about, it has context um, and it depends on the person. Yeah, very true. So we have gone through a load uh, of fitness myths and I'm sure it's something we'll revisit because it's the never ending well of joy that we see on Instagram and social media nowadays, as you've probably heard from us there. Uh, as Johnny said at the beginning, we would love to hear your thoughts, what you have heard, or maybe even still believe, and maybe we can have a chat about it uh, at some point down the line. Um, because as you've seen, some of these are based in you know, logic, logical thinking or no not actually true, um, and some degree of science, but just blown out of proportion. Um, but I think that was this. That was that was this. Thanks that for was this. Take care. Bye. Bye.